welcome to another episode of Girlfriend's Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Tati. Hey, everyone. This is your host, Ellie. And thank you guys for joining us to, for another episode. Um, for those who are new, we record and launch an episode every other Monday. So please go ahead and subscribe. That way you never miss an episode. And go ahead and follow us on our Instagram at Girlfriend's Guide underscore podcast. Um, today, I'm very excited for this episode. I'm very excited for you guys to hear it. Um, it's something a little bit different for us, but I think you guys will really, truly enjoy it. Um, but if you're new, you'll know, if you're new, you don't know that before we dive into our episodes, we always do a little catch up and catch up, um, between me and Ellie and just keep you guys updated on what's going on in our personal lives and what's going on in the week. Um, so when we're recording this, um, everything that happened at the Capitol has, you know, that that happened and that was a that the was a Trumpers, it, man that you the know it, to be honest though it didn't really affect me like we already knew white privilege was real i mean i do um i am sorry for those um the five lives that were lost whether they were supporters or not either way a life is a life so i do i am sorry for that but i the year that we had that we just had ahmad brianna floyd this this didn't do nothing to me like those did. Um, so a lot of people have been saying, "Oh my, twenty twenty one is just like twenty twenty, all because this, of the cap." I'm like, "Yo, bro, it's not that." I'm sorry, yeah, to me, it's should, not that big of a deal. We we dealt this with more. Have not affected. Yeah, Trumpers, no. obviously, yes, we are like it's okay to be hurt because mm-hmm. of this. But as in, like you saying in general, your year's over because of this. Nah, that's not nah. the energy that we should be bringing. If we could survive um, the amount of black lives murdered, murdered mm-hmm. in 2020, a couple of Trumpers going crazy expressing their white privilege that we already knew existed should not affect us to the point where 2021 felt like over. it was okay to storm into the Capitol because like, they felt like their country was being taken away from them. Right. And um, now they're asking, one familiar? of the guys asking for a that sound familiar? Like, you guys took this, like, they're mad because they feel like the country is being taken um, from them. Like, doesn't that sound familiar? We've already been there, done that. We've been taken from our country, and we've had this country taken from us. So, it's, it's relaxed, Trumpers. It's just democracy, democracy is working, and they're upset. Exactly, yeah. period. Well, moving on from that, that little quick little, I don't even think that deserves that much of our attention, to be honest. It doesn't deserve a highlight. We're just going to move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I just pray that in the um, in the coming week, as we, our new president is coming into office and our vice president, I pray that, you know, God protects them and, you know, creates peace in exactly. this world That's during this do. time. Amen. Amen. Um, moving on, this is Lori Harvey. Hey, hey. My good sis. My good, good, good sis, Lori Harvey. I didn't know Lori was a Capricorn, but this all makes sense now. I don't know much about Capricorns, so I can't, I can't speak on that. Capricorns, Capricorns have a very special place in my heart. I always say they're that one sign, I just, they're special, they're different, they're, you know, I don't know. When I think of Capricorns, I think of Bambi, the the deer. I don't know why. Why? Patty always associates people with, with animals. animals. I do. I, I don't know why. I think I of like nature when I think of a Capricorn. Maybe like I acorn, think of, I think Capricorn. Uni- I think of a unicorn. No, you see that? To me, mine makes more sense than a unicorn. I mean, but then again, 
Lori Harvey is a unicorn, not in the sexual sense, but in the sense of baby, she got the magical powers, okay? She does, and I really think that we might have been reading two different versions from Think Like a Man um, that Steve Definitely. that Steve made, and Lori Harvey had another like addition to it. Yeah. Because yeah, she maybe had the unedited aver version. We didn't read the same book she did, clearly. We did not read the same book. I... And we didn't watch the same movie, clearly. She got the uh, editor's version of that the movies, too, because she learned a whole different game that we didn't learn. So I don't I don't know where I can get the copy. I'm ready, I'm ready, for, um, I'm ready for Lori to come out with a book. 100%. I'm ready for Lori to teach a course on Clubhouse. I'm mm -hmm. ready for Lori to start a university. Mm -hmm. uh, Lori teach us sis teach i'm us. here teach I'm me here please. Finesse. i'm here i'm in, here, I'm here finesse. a lot of people are like oh sierra's prayer or Lori harvey's finesse first oh. of all they're the same thing they're the give same thing i'm gonna tell you why they're the same thing give me both of them i want both of them they're one in the same so you automatically have both because sierra's prayer for a good man blah 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 first of all okay it's not it's not like magical where a good man just appears in front of you. Rare. It happens, but rare. You have to go through your frogs to get your prince. And that is what Lori is doing. The only reason people are calling her a hoe with this and that, which she's not, judge yourself, not her, judge your mama, not her. The only reason is because she's in the public eye and clearly paparazzi's boom, boom. Because if you really think about it, we all date. You should be dating multiple people. No one's saying she's sleeping with all of these men. And even if she is, they're all of age. They're grown adults. They can give consent. She can give her body to whoever she pleases. That is not your business because guarantee if she offered it to you, you would take it. So stop talking. And number two, oh, she's getting flued out. We are not in the tax bracket to talk about what Lori Harvey is doing with her money or what these men. I, I do not have that money. Absolutely not. She should be going out with whoever is in her tax bracket. Whoever. People are just mad because she didn't get pregnant by future. That's really what it is. People are just mad because she escaped without Sis a baby. Not, Sis is not hurt. Like, I just see her... Like, a lot of people don't know. Lori Harvey was... um She was a whole fiancé. A whole fiancé. 2016. And I just... You know, a lot of times we're broken. We're hurt when one man switches up on us. And it takes years, it takes months for us mm -hmm. to recover. But Lori Harvey is showing us this, that and I'm gonna know no, this don't too. let Money. that affect you. Don't let that exactly. affect you. If a man hurts you, move on. Move on. Find exactly. And the thing is, yeah, money doesn't buy you happiness. But I guarantee you, I guarantee money helps the heartbreak ease a little quicker. A hundred, Because when you broke... And you heartbroken, I know from personal experience, that shit lingers a little bit more than if I had money, you know? Mm -hmm. So the fact that she can date, that's fine. I she can live her life lavishly, that's fine, because she is able to do so. She can afford it. It is okay, Lori. Live your life, sis. I hope you and Michael last a very long time. If that is your man for life, go ahead. And if not, I hope if y'all end, it's cordial, and no one's heart is broken due to disrespect. That's all you can say. She's only 24. Let her live her life. I hope this is her Russell, and I pray for that. I pray. I mean, for but she's also me. young. We can't wish that. She's also only twenty-four. I just yeah. hope it's a good relationship. That if it ends, it teaches her. But if it is her oh, Russell, and she finds a good man. There's nothing wrong finding a good man at a oh, young yeah. age. So if it is her Russell, I'm happy. Then people really just gotta go through their futures, I guess. But I don't like that. You shouldn't have to go to pain and suffering to enjoy luxury. Mm. 
we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll revisit this when there's more news on them. But go ahead, Nugget and Turtle. That's their nicknames. Go ahead, Nugget and Turtle. I'm here it. for it. Period. Oh, I'm so excited for them. Oh, yay. <laughs> well, guys, um, is there anything else to catch up on? I think no. that um, is it. I did want to say thank you to everyone who have sh um, shared all the book rec recommendations for me. I have started reading. I'll keep you guys up to date on all the books that I'm reading. Um, I remember I said that my goal was 10. I have moved it up to 30. I'm an overachiever. Oh. What? I'm an overachiever. 30 books in a year 30, to read? 30 books in a year. Still get some particular. Who met fell me? 30 books in a year. So I, I read um I read a few chapters at night before I go to sleep. And I think I can definitely do this. And I'm gonna do it. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, guys, you won't be hearing me talking about reading, so don't even nope. It's You're just strictly cool. for Ellie. Anything on the cool. girlfriend's got about books, that's Ellie. When don't swing it out my way. I was not reading books because I had enough reading to do. Mm -hmm. so you're in school. You're you have enough reading, so focus on that. Yep. And Here we you go. Can read when you're done. Exactly. Well, guys, I'm going to move on to the meme of the week. And the meme of the week says Thank, be thankful for your guardian angel, whoever it is, whoever, wherever they are. Believe it or not, they are protecting you. They are keeping you alive for a reason. Find that reason. Find your purpose. Um, the reason why we chose, well, not, we didn't even choose it. At this point, we might as well just introduce our guest. Our guest chose this um, quote and wanted us to share it with you. And from that quote, we will dive into why we picked it. You will see why we picked this certain quote. And this episode, like I said, is an episode that we're very excited to share with you. And we hope that you guys are able to um, learn from it and take something from it. And I hope it helps someone out particularly, particularly who's going through the situation that we will now be discussing. So today, we have our very first guest of Girlfriend's Guide podcast history ever. Very first guest of 2021. Our guest is Regina Hudson and also her lovely puppy, Maya. So throughout this episode, you may hear Maya in the background chiming in, you know, giving her two cents. Maya, so bear with us. Maya's very excited. She's very Maya's excited. excited. Maya wants to talk. Maya's like, mm -mm -mm, I don't like what I'm hearing. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. So, yes. Maya sounds so, very um, overprotective, too. Very overprotective, <laughs> which as she should be. That's her owner, as she should be. Yeah. So, guys, I'm going to go ahead and give you a little brief discussion of Regina. So today we have Regina Hudson, founder of Lady Soldiers. Lady Soldiers is a women empowerment movement and also a book. Regina is a domestic violence survivor who has decided to trust us to help share her story. We would like to give a trigger warning for this episode. Throughout this episode, we will be discussing Regina's experience, which may be triggering for some of our listeners. The purpose of this episode is to shine a light on domestic violence and also to help those who may be going through the simil similar situation. So as we said, there is a trigger warning related to this episode due to the content that we will, we will be discussing. We do not want to reopen any wounds for anybody. So if you feel like this is an episode that, you know, you cannot listen to, we completely understand. But we also do ask for those who can listen um, to just go in there with an open mind and understand that this is someone's personal experience. And just to, you know, understand that some things may be hard to hear. 
So, guys, thank you for, this is just a little introduction. I hope you guys enjoy this episode, and here is our guest, Regina. Introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Um, I'm really excited, and I'm so grateful for Ellie and Tati. Um, I mean, this is, for me to be the first uh, guest on your podcast, and I'm just really excited to be here and kind of tell my story about myself, but also about lady soldiers and what we do for women. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for being our first guest. Guys, this has been in the works since I want to say maybe early December, late November, but it's just with Corona and then trying to find software that this is our first guest. We really wanted it to be something that we did this right. So I'm just so happy we're finally able to record or finally able to start this conversation and get it started. So um, with Regina being our first guest and with this topic being so important, the episode's going to be a little bit more of an interview style, but definitely conversational as well. So it's just a little bit, we're just changing gears a little bit, but definitely something that I'm pretty sure you guys will definitely enjoy and will be informative. So um, I'm going to go ahead and we'll start, dive right in and start with these questions. All right. So, um, like we said, Regina is a domestic violence survivor. So the first question that we have here is, was this your first abusive relationship? Um, how long were you in the relationship before you decided that it was time to leave? And was there a defining moment that made you realize, you know what, I need to get out? Um, so this was my first domestic violence relationship. I mean, I've honestly, it's, it, I hate to think about it, but there has been like a cycle of toxic, toxicity um, and toxic relationships. Um, so there, it's been a cycle, but it got worse every time. Um, and it got to the point where, you know, they're literally, oh gosh, my dog is crazy. If you hear her, I apologize. <laughs> um, but literally I've had, you know, where it got to black eyes, fat lips, um, bruises on my neck, you know, from being choked, you know, where I almost passed out, um, police reports, DSS involved. Um, so it, it escalated. Um, and that's us or me as a woman kind of not re recognizing, you know, the red flags and things like that um, and staying. And it, it got to the point, you know, where I knew if I stayed, um, you know, someone was either going to end up in the hospital or dead. Um, so, you know, yes, it was my first domestic violence relationship, um, but it, it was enough, you know, enough to actually really change my life um, and change it to the point where toxic relationships, like I, I kind of recognize signs now. Um, I recognize things that I no longer want um, in my life. So it, it just got to the point where, you know, dealing with DSS and realizing that um, those toxic habits weren't going to change, where I kind of just got fed up. And I feel like we as women, you know, I, I don't know if you guys could speak on this as well, but once we're fed up and it takes us a while, it takes us a while to be done, like done, done. <laughs> um, so it took a while, you know, it took seven years um, in escalation of events, but um one once i was done that love was just literally gone um you know i was just i was able to walk away change the locks you know put the stuff in trash bags set it out outside um and just say you know it's a wrap um so that's you know that's kind of yeah um, i definitely agree experience. with you like for women 
it may take us a while to get to that point. But once we hit that point, it's kind of like a no, a no turning back. Not saying within whatever journey, situation, relationship you're in, you don't go back. But there is a certain point where it's kind of like you reach the breaking point, the straw on the camel's back, where it's just like, no, I'm done. Like, I, I can't. I physically, I mentally, emotionally can't do this anymore to myself or have you do anything to me. So definitely understand that. Um, so during your experience, I'm not too sure if you were comfortable speaking out to anybody asking for help, but did you ever experience like victim shaming, victim blaming? I know some people are just like, well, you know, you didn't do the dishes the right way. Like you deserve that. Or you know what he likes and you purposely didn't do it. So what did you expect? Like, did you feel that? Did you tell anyone and experience that? Or did you feel like you couldn't talk because you were afraid that people are going to think it's your fault? Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, I actually didn't really experience that. I mean, more so from him specifically. Um, oh, you know, I don't know what I would do without you. I can't live without you. Um, if you leave me, I'll die kind of statements. Um, you know, but I f also feel like, you know, when you have a good woman or, you know, when you have a, a good girl, people see that. People know, um, you know, and whether it's your friends, whether it's your family, um, so a lot of people knew what I was going through. Um, and so they didn't, um, they didn't support. Uh, so, you know, I, I definitely, I really didn't experience it much, um, only really from him, which it made me feel guilty. And that's another reason why I stayed. Um, and it's, you know, it's interesting because certain events that happened, he literally said to me once, well, my boy did it to his girl and his girl stayed. But, you know, that's the listen. whole thing. Yeah, listen. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, I ain't hurt. You're not going to do it to me. Um, but that is, honestly, that's society today. And that's people or our generation, honestly, and the younger generations thinking domestic violence is okay. Cheating is okay. Disrespecting women is okay. Um, but, you know, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, no, it's not okay. Um, I'm going to share my story. I'm going to share what I went through, whether you like it or not. Um, but I'm also going to empower other women to do that as well, because it's, you know, it's generational. It's a cycle. Um, the only other thing that I would say is that I still I've actually heard it recently from a family member. And he was like, you know, kind of commenting on like my attitude kind of in the way that I handle things. And he's like, yeah, and this was, I'm not going to say who it was, but it was a family member. And they're like, you got your mama's attitude. That's what they said to me. And then they said, see, that's why you went through what you went through with him. Oh, no. And I'm just like, no, like, but, you know, you should never condone a man hurting a woman, whether it's physically, emotionally you know, in whatever way, because of her attitude, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're all flawed. And I, I am the first one to own up to it. You know, I'm flawed. Um, but it still doesn't condone, you know, domestic violence or cheating and, you know, things to even a higher extent. Um, so, you know, sometimes I will get that. Oh, there's, there's three sides to a story. There's your side, there's his side, then there's the truth. You know, so, um, but honestly, I, I feel like I'm in a better place. Um, so I really don't care what anybody has to say. Uh, but it's just, 
you know, I, I just want to keep moving forward and move in a positive direction. You did the right thing. You're, I can tell that you're a powerful woman. Um, and what your family member said, he should have not said that. And not a lot of women mm -hmm. have, you give me such a powerful, like I can, you know, I can go through this. I can like leave like you, that your personality gives me that. And I feel like not a lot of women already have that power, like already have that personality or power. So a lot of them who decide mm -hmm. to stay is because like, maybe they're too quiet or they don't want to speak up for themselves. So yeah. it is much harder for women who are so, you know, more, they don't speak up for themselves or they don't have the attitude compared to others. So that's much harder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And all I want to say also though, is, you know, my decision to leave, you know, was I, I want to change for myself, but also, you know, I don't want to be hurt so bad where I'm put into the hospital or I'm put into a casket. Um, because whether we like to think about it or not, or, oh, he'd never do that to me, women die daily uh, from domestic violence. And uh, actually one of the authors of our book, Melanie Nunez, um, actually the founder of the Jasmine Nunez Foundation, her sister was murdered. Uh, her sister was only, I'm pretty sure, was only 21 years old. Um, and her life was taken from her boyfriend um, who, you know, obviously probably had, uh, you know, some mental issues, um, but, you know, the red flags weren't completely, you know, visible, like, oh, he's, you know, he's crazy, but it happened to her. Um, you know, her body was burned in the park. So if we don't realize, you know, start realizing these red flags or, you know, start just, I don't know, just start realizing that the toxic behavior, you know, it could be us. I think about it all the time. I'm like, that could have been me. Uh, and that's like, that's honest. Um, so I think, you know, we really just have to do better as women and support each other, um, but also, you know, protect ourselves better. Um, because when, you know, when we're thirsty for attention or we're thirsty from lo for love, you know, sometimes we, we put our safety uh, or our health or our emotional health to the side. Um, and we can't do that anymore. So um, I think also, and we're going to talk about how domestic violence has unfortunately become normalized. But like you said, like, death is a real consequence of domestic violence. A lot of people think, unfortunately, they think, oh, a little slap, a little punch, a little kick, a little shove. That's really nothing. He would never. But it's like. If you can go that far, that what's really your limit? And especially being that a situation where it's like, okay, if you can hit your significant other, if you can hit me, bruise me up and all of this, it's kind of like we see oh, crimes of passion in the moment. Like there, to me, there must be something in your mind that can easily snap like that. And you don't even have self-control enough to realize the extent that you're going. So that punch turns into so much more. That push you hit your head on something like people need to understand that these are and I don't even want to say like getting hit getting punched are the red flags because that's a situation with that but these are the red flags in terms of death is something that's not too far away unfortunately and people don't really seem to they they consider death and domestic violence as, as two separate entities and it's like no it's all in one and it's just kind of like you think they'll never do that but it's like it just takes that one time that one hit that was just a little bit too powerful and then you just don't know what can come from that 
Yeah, exactly. Like there's so many times I remember seeing this video how um, this woman constantly, constantly um, was abused by her husband. And um, she she continued to stay with him because after he abused her, he said the right things. He bought her flowers and it just took that one last you know, argument to really push him to the edge where she didn't get to see another day. That was it. But in her head, she was probably thinking, hey, like he abuses me today. Things are going to be better tomorrow. I'm still here. I'm still alive. He hasn't done it. And obviously, if this is the person you love, you're never going to think this person is going to try to kill you. Even though he puts his hand on you, you'll never think this person is trying to kill you because you love this person. And it's sad because this woman was what happened was that she lost her life. And that's what happens a lot of time in these situations. Um, if, if I could, I just want to kind of read a little excerpt um, from the book because it kind of just it touches on everything that we kind of just mentioned. Um, I learned that domestic violence can occur in communities of all religious and ethnic backgrounds, all ages, any gender, any social class. I learned physical abuse is only one of the many forms of abuse that define domestic violence. I, I just want to read that piece of the of the book because, you know, it's it's and it's very true. You know, it's not specific to one religion, one um, ethnic background. It's, you know, worldwide. So, so um, moving on to um, the next question. Um, so abusers usually go to the extreme to prevent the victim from leaving. Uh, matter of fact, a victim is usually in more danger um, trying to leave. Um, so I don't know if you've seen the movie um, Enough with um, Jennifer Lopez. Mm -hmm. Of course, who hasn't? I love that movie. Hasn't, right? <laughs> that was the first movie I saw um, that, you know, portrayed, that showed domestic violence. And I watched it when I was younger. It wasn't until I was older and I watched it that I really understood what was going on. And we saw in the movie how it was hard for her to leave. And when she tried to leave, that's when he actually tried to go after her even more, following her, sending her threats. So how do you overcome the fear of leaving? Literally, I, I'm trying to think back. But the last time, the last time that a situation happened, I, you know, had bruise marks on my neck, all over my neck. Um, and I had a busted lip. Um, and you know, some people are like, oh, you just had a busted lip. Like, no girl, like that is enough. My face is too pretty for all that. Um, <laughs> right. But, um, but also it was a, a disconnect. Like it got to the point where I'm like, I don't deserve this. You know, everything that you have put me through, you know, I'm the mother of your child. So a child was involved and I'm just like, I like, I, it's just something just clicked. And I'm like, you know, there's, you know, I'd rather be alone. I could do bad by myself type mm -hmm. thing. Um, but, you know, and honestly, you all, I definitely realized, or, you know, from my experience, abusers, in my opinion, are weak. You know, they, it is something mental. It is something where they're insecure. Um, so I got to the point where I wasn't even scared to leave. 
Um, you know, I, I was just like, I'm changing the locks, you know, I'm changing the locks. Um, I got the bat next to the bed. I, have, you know, I have my weapons, um, just in case, um, you know, I'm, to be completely honest, but now, you know, I still get nervous. You know, I have cameras surrounding, you know, the house, I have an alarm system. Um, so it's definitely scary. And, you know, when you're dealing with someone who, you know, isn't maybe mentally fully stable. You kind of always kind of live in fear a little bit. Um, but I just know separating myself, you know, there is a restraining order involved. Um, so you, ha you have to take the steps. So you have to do it for you. Um, because if you don't, it's not going to change. Um, it will not change. And again, the consequences could be worse next time. Um, would you say that you, are, um, you had low self-esteem during this and that he saw that and that's why he you know put you in put you through these situations mm -hmm. um yeah I, I think it's a combination of both to be honest and you know i i hate that it was the way that it was but you know i've held low self-esteem for years from childhood um and again that's another thing that we as women have to get better at is learning how to love ourselves but also not just us getting better at it but us teaching the other generations like girl you better love yourself no matter what no matter you know how thin you are how tall you are how long your hair is you know what color you are it's, none of that matters um and it's you know it's also sad though because media portrays things um or portrays women a certain way um so it was definitely a combination of low self-esteem but also manipulation and you know manipulation is a piece of domestic violence you know they they gain control they make you fall for them um you guys are best friends you know that's you guys are partners in life so you can't ever leave um so they they make you feel like you have to stay and you know again the comments oh well my boy's girl or you know my boy did that to his girl and she stayed you know so who do you think you are to leave me and um you know everybody does it that's another comment everybody cheats everybody you know does this does that um so it's you know it's definitely manipulation though like and again that's just us realizing like the red flags adam mentioned earlier domestic violence unfortunately has like become normalized like i said it's oh it's just a punch it's just a hit or like it's just a couple of times not that big of a deal um did you at any point think what you were going through was normal like, it may be in the beginning where it's just like, you know what? Like, he said, oh, I my friend's girl stayed. Like, did you think at any point, you know what? It's okay. Like, other people go through it. This is not that big of a deal. Um, And were you encouraged by anyone to stay in your current situation because they thought it was normal? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I, huh. I'm not going to say that I thought it was normal, but I know that it's common. Um, especially, I mean, and it's, it baffles me, but, you know, a family member of mine was, you know, beat regularly um, in front of her children. Um, she did end up leaving, um, but, you know, another family member of mine was in a toxic slash domestic violence relationship. It never got to the extreme, but she had black eyes before and things of that nature. Um, so, I, and I'm just like, wow, so is this generational? Um, but 
you know, so I'm, I'm not going to say that, it, you know, I thought that it was normal, but I knew that it was very common. And it's also sad to say, you know, some of the biggest celebrities in the world or some of our biggest music icons um, are over here, you know, beating their woman. Um, then she's dropping charges, then this, then that, you know, so it has become a part of our culture. Um, and a part of love and girl, you bet ride or die, girl. No, no, you touch me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, touch me, we go to jail oh. together. <laughs> yeah, <I'm, laughs> and I'm happy you brought that up because um, I have posted this on my story. How fabulous mm. had put his hand on Emily yeah. B. Mm. Sis press charges mm-hmm. and sis is still here. And the only reason why I'm upset is because you have people like you, Regina, who is speaking up, speaking empowerment to these women. You know, we're trying to, you know, have women be powerful and leave these situations. And then you have Emily B, who is a public figure. You know, people, I don't know mm. what she's, I don't know what she has done. But, you know, people know Emily B because of Fabulous. And Fabulous is a rapper. You have rappers that want to be like Fabulous. When they see a public figure like this, they're like, okay, he does this to his wife and his wife stays. So that means that, you know, I'm going to find me a shorty that I, you know, I can, you know, that's going to ride and die with me, pop up, pop out all my kids, five, six, seven, eight kids, still say, still stay with me. And I can punch her, you know, punch out two teeth, maybe three, and she's still going to stay with me. And that upsets me because you're supposed to set an example. You're supposed to set an example, and these people are not setting an example, and people are looking up to them, and that is not a good image. It's not. So, oh, go ahead. Okay. Well, I was just going to say, don't put me in a room with Emily B or even, and I'm sorry, but it's just the influence that these celebrities have is so major in the decisions that they make. So I do have to call them out, you know, not that it's domestic violence, but like the Nicki Minaj and the Cardi B, you know what I'm saying? You could hold women to such a higher standard and represent in such a different way, but you choose to allow, you know, toxic relationships and domestic violence and, you know, you know, and the WAP and this and that, but I'm just like, no, like this is, you know, I want to talk to young girls. Like my goal is by the summer, the latest to launch a program for teens. Um, that's about self-esteem building and self-love and self-care and, um, recognizing toxic traits and what is a healthy relationship look like, or what is a toxic relationship look like? Um, but how do we, you know, it's like a contradiction than when they go and turn on the radio or when they go and turn on the TV. Um, so it's like, you know, I just, I feel like our, you know, the celebrities and, you know, the people with bigger influence, you know, they, they need to do better as well um, because they're, they're influencing our younger generations, you know, to, to do things that they shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Basically. And that kind of answered the next question, which is like, why do we think domestic violence has been normalized? Kind of like yeah. the influence around us is just kind of like, it looks okay. It looks okay to, to get abused and to go back because he says sorry, or because he does this. I don't know. They've gone to therapy. Like we don't know, but at the end of the day, teeth missing. I don't me personally, 
therapy, there's no therapy that can fix that unless God himself comes down and tells me he has changed. There is no therapy that can fix that for me. Um, and it's just, like you said, it's unfortunate. A lot of these celebrities have this mindset. Well, I'm not raising your kids. I'm not. I'm like, and I get, I understand to a certain extent the, I can't live for your kids. I can't live as a role model for them. But at the end of the day, who's making you rich? These kids. Like, these are the people who got you to where you are. So do you not think you owe, to a certain extent, a sense of responsibility to be like, don't do this or don't do that. Or like, just show a better example um, it's a slippery slope. I like the whole um, George, Michael B. Jordan and Lori Harvey. I am not in the tax bracket to understand to have that much influence as of right now. So I don't know the struggle they possibly could go through in terms of trying to be an example. But it's just kind of like there's certain things that no matter if you want to be an example or not, you have to realize you are. And there's certain things you need to take a stand on and be an example and be that person to say, you know what? No, I'm not going through this. This is not right for me, and this is not right for anybody. And I know if I stay, I'm influencing other people to stay, and that's not right. Yes. So a lot of of kids are watching these celebrities. And going back on the Fabulous and Emily B situation, um, Fabulous had recently just posted, you know, you know, you know, my love for this girl, you know, a sweet dove, sweet love. Um, I do believe that it was Emily B that, you know, wrote the whole thing. But that's just my theory. But um, I have not yet to hear that fabulous apologize. Like, that was not even an apology. Mm. It's just like, yeah, after I beat, after I abused you, after I probably did all these things to you, I realized that you are my ride or die chick and that I love you. And that all these, you know, all these things that people find cool now, that's not what I want to do. You're a grown-ass man. You shouldn't be comparing yourself to these young rappers. <laughs> Why are you comparing yourself to these young rappers? You're a grown-ass man. And I know a lot of people have the mindset of like, oh, like like you said, we don't, like, the apology. We never saw it. And people are going to be like, well, he shouldn't have to apologize to you. It's only to her and their family. To be honestly, especially when you say, when you make certain things public, the apology has to be public. When the hurt and the embarrassment is public, the apology has to be public. So, yes, I'm sorry. I, Tatiana, who does not know Fabulous or Emily B, but you know what? I do know that you abused her and that her face was on the screen looking like that. I want to hear that. Look, come here, Chris Bond and Rihanna. Like, oh, <laughs> I was the biggest shock. I was in eighth grade of my existence at that time i was like no way like we look up to these celebrities like not chris brown not not running running not my my chris brown and to see her face i was shocked and to this day i'm not gonna lie do i still listen to this music yeah it's become normalized it's like there's no really cancel culture unfortunately i do but i am not gonna lie at the same time there are certain things that when i see him i'm just like you're disgusting like you, you really did that, and and it, the room, well, rumors are that it wasn't just Rihanna. Carucci may have experienced that as well. It's just insane. And the only thing that I want to go back on though is the mention of therapy. Like, you know, why isn't why aren't the good things normalized? Like, why isn't therapy normalized? And why isn't again, you know, healthy relationships? You know, why isn't that talked about in music? Um, but you know, everybody needs 
or should, especially nowadays, it's 2021. You know, everybody should go to therapy, um, especially individuals who have shown extreme signs of, you know, toxic traits or d domestic violence abusers or and even women who have experienced, you know, domestic violence or toxic um, relationships. But, you know, therapy needs to become normalized and, you know, even like mentorship. And, you know, it's just like it's changing the narrative and changing what's normal um, or what our culture is. So it's like we, you know, really have to start holding ourselves accountable. And that's what, you know, as you said, fab should make a, a public um, apology. But, you know, you can still be seen as a dope, strong, um, lyricist and rapper and black man and still say, you know what, I'm going to therapy. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And again, just change the narrative. I just, I don't understand why it's almost looked down upon to respect women um, and to change yourself for the better. It's definitely true. Um, I agree with that. And I know you mentioned earlier that um, that the person that you were in the domestic violence relationship with, um, you guys had a child together. So um, do you feel like as though single mothers feel more compelled to stay in toxic relationships in order to have, quote unquote, the picture perfect family, even though what's happening inside your house is far from perfect? Mm -hmm. uh, definitely. Um, and it's something that I struggled with. Um, I struggled with it, you know, mentally um, because I'm like, I don't want to be a single mom, you know, and I mean, to be completely honest, oof maybe eight out of 10 mothers that I know, single moms, um, struggling, you know, struggling financially, mentally, emotionally. Um, you know, I will say some of them, maybe a couple of them have uh, healthy co-parenting relationships. Um, you know, I, I wish I was that lucky because I'm not, um, or at this moment, um, I'm not, but, you know, it, it, it was a struggle. And even after the fact, it was a struggle. Um, you know, and I, I know I said it on live, you know, during our book release celebration, I said, you know, I was like, sometimes I question whether I made the right decision. Um, and, you know, I hate to say that because I know what I went through and I know I made the right decision. But the struggle as a single mother, you know, is real. Um, but even, you know, like I'm self-employed. Um, so I'm self-employed. I'm a single mom. You know, I get no help. I get no financial assistance. I get no child support. Um, so, the, you know, again, it's just the struggle is real. Um, so it's, it's a struggle emotionally. It's a struggle mentally. It's a struggle financially. Um, so, you know, it, it definitely is a factor for single moms and the decision to leave. But at the end of the day, you know, one another reason why I left is like, I, I'm not going to have my son in that type of environment. Um, so I didn't just leave for myself. You know, I left because I'm like, I'm not about to have my son seeing me get beat up. I, I don't even want my son to hear arguing, you know, in the household, raised voices, me being called out my name um, and things of that nature. But I will just say, you know, the person, the female that raised me, you know, my mother, basically, the relationship with my father wasn't the greatest. Um, and she ended up leaving. Um, but she found a really, really good man who's actually my stepfather. So, you know, you can find someone who will treat you good um, and who will respect you. But I, ne I barely ever heard arguing in my household, which is, you know, I'm very lucky for that. 
um, and you know that I know. So I don't want that for my son. Like to me, and again, this is a part of healthy relationships. You should be able to have a debate or a so-called argument um, with your partner and raised voices doesn't happen, you know? And not saying that everything's perfect because, you know, somebody might raise a voice every once in a while, but when arguments happen, it shouldn't be all the time where it escalates and it becomes aggressive and now you're getting called out your name and you know like i don't i don't want that for my son um but it's also the other side to it is okay now i've left sheesh the co-parenting side you know how do i let my son go with the father, knowing the kind of person that he is, et cetera. Um, so it's just, honestly, you know, sometimes I look back on everything um, that I've been through or, you know, even some of the current things that I'm dealing with. And I'm just like, but I tell myself, like, it's going to be okay. You know, it'll be okay. But it's like, how, you know, who can tell you the right answer of what to do? Um, you know, there is no right answer, but at the end of the day, you just have to make the decision for you and for your child, like that's it. You know, what is the safest, healthiest decision and just do it, find a support system, you know, find people who have what you want or, you know, are doing really good with their life and keep those people close to you because, you know, you are, what is it? What's the saying? You you are the a bird together, flocks together, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, you have... <laughs> You have to hang out and you have to be around, you know, people who will uplift you so that you can get to that level. I just I just want to say that I know you said that during a live during the book that you said that you questioned um, whether or not you made the right decision in leaving, especially regarding your child. I personally want to say that I can say a hundred and mind you guys, I don't know Regina probably a third time talking and the reason we started communicating was because of this episode, but I can say wholeheartedly you did because I fortunately grew up in a house where I did not see domestic violence, but I also grew up seeing um, people that were very close to us in domestic violence situations and they had children and um, she stayed for a long, long time and the impact it had on those children who are now grown. I'm getting goosebumps now because it's kind of like leaving was the best decision you could have made for your son. 110% because just seeing the impact that seeing the violence on a regular basis has had on these children, it unfortunately has impacted them so much that it's normalized that to some extent they don't even realize it because that's their normal. And I think that's the worst thing that could have come from that situation because it kind of brings up how like, yeah, physical abuse, but we don't often think about the children. We think as long as they're not getting touched, they're okay. But that's like we mentioned before, domestic abuse, um, domestic violence, physical abuse comes in the emotional, comes into mental. And whether the child is not suffering physically, they are 100% suffering mentally and emotionally. And now they're not burdened with the abuse it's just now they just don't have the bruises to show it but when they grow up they will definitely show the characteristics of the mental and emotional so i just want to say regina i know it you can get into the situation where you question it i understand that completely but you definitely 110 percent made the right decision for you and your son i can say that wholeheartedly i could see that you're an amazing mom because you made the right decision for yourself 
and you made the right decision for your son. So I know that with that, there's there's a healing process. So how is your healing process now, and what has it been? What has been the most difficult part of it? And as a single mo mother, do you feel like you have time to put yourself first, especially with your business? And um, how do you do all that? Mm -hmm. It's so funny that you say that, though, because literally, um, and I'd love to connect with you, ladies. I'm just throwing this out there, but on um, Clubhouse, because I just made an account recently, but I almost, I told myself, I was like, I want to host this conversation. Um, what do you, single moms, what do you do for self-care, but also do you think that you have the time or do you have the time for self-care? Um, you know, as, as you said, I mean, healing, to be completely honest, it's a journey. Um, because again, as a single mom, the first thing on your mind is, is my child okay? Um, you know, get them to school, make sure they're doing good in school, make sure they're learning, teach them how to tie your shoes, all that. <laughs> you know, did they eat? Oops, I got to cook dinner, you know. Um, but there's, so there's that side, making sure your child's okay, but then making sure the bills are paid. Um, you know, those are literally basically your top two priorities. Um, so doing that, but then, you know, to be honest, being self-employed, um, you know, so I'm in, I'm in the sales field. So if I don't make a sale, I don't, you know, I don't get to pay my bills. So it's the stress, honestly, associated with either being in self-employed or being in sales. You know, it's, it's high level stress. Anybody in sales can tell you that. Um, so I do think that it has had a severe impact on my healing journey. Um, you know, even I, I've actually been actively looking for a therapist. Um, so it's something that I'm working on, but you know, again, therapy is another bill, but it's a, it's a necessity. Um, and it's a necessary bill. So, um, my healing process, I would say is I guess I would say it's a little bit slow, but I do see progress um, in myself. Um, but I also recognize that I know there's things that I have to work on, um, you know, whether it's, you know, increasing my self-esteem, um, but also, you know, I think I have. And from everything that I've been through, just not even in this relationship, in all relationships, childhood, whatever the case you know, I may even have some toxic traits. I know I have some toxic traits. I'll just be honest. <laughs> right. So, but it's like, I know I need to get better at it. Um, one of my, I feel like one of my toxic traits is communicating. When I get upset or when there's a situation where we don't see eye to eye, I want to learn how to communicate in a way where I'm not cussing <laughs> and where you know, even my tone of voice, because it's like everybody sees things differently. Um, but that's I think that's, you know, another one of society's issues or our, you know, culture or generation. We don't know how to communicate. You know, you always have to be tough. You always have to, you know, whatever. Um, so the healing journey is slow. I mean, single motherhood is like it, it's up and down. You have your good days and you have your bad days. Um, but you know, I, I definitely do try to find a way to have, um, you know, kind of me time, you know, that, that really does help. Um, but also just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very like ambitious. I'm like, I have girl, you better get up and get to it. 
Um, so, you know, in listening to positive motivation, you know, I listen to a lot of motivational stuff. Um, so everybody's healing journey is different. Um, but really, it's just about finding, finding things that are healthy, and that, you know, make you feel good. Um, but also, you know, recognizing your toxic traits or your your weaknesses. Um, and, you know, figuring out how to how to fix them. So. Great, Regina. Um, so our last question is, um, what is some advice that you would give um, to a woman who's currently in an abusive relationship, whether it's abusive or whether including manipulation, um, verbal abuse? Um, are there any resources mm -hmm. that you can provide them with? Mm hmm. So, I mean, the advice that I would give, I mean, to be completely honest, and I know it's blunt or whatever the case, but to me, it, get out, you know, get out because it's only, and it's crazy because I had a friend of mine um, during that relationship who told me, they're like, he's bringing you down. You know, this man is bringing you down. Um, and, you know, to be honest as well, like it, it kind of affected her and I's friendship. Um, because I didn't see what she saw. Um, you know, I saw my son's father, whatever the case. And, you know, you, I saw things differently. Um, so I completely forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, it, it, it's a lot, but you, you know, if someone is hurting you, if someone is toxic towards you, if someone is abusing you, if someone is you know, mentally, verbally abusing you, um, they're, they're bringing you down in some way, shape or form. So you need to leave. Um, you need to seek therapy, you know, and you need to move on. You can't wait for them. Um, and that's something that I've learned as well. Stop waiting for people to change. Um, I think a quote that I've seen around is that when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Um, so again, you know, get out of that relationship, you know, one of, in our book, we actually have some tips, uh, for domestic violence, um, victims. And one of the tips is, you know, confide in someone, you know, make, make sure that you're not isolating yourself, um, because that it only makes it worse, you know, so confide in yourself, seek a support system, um, you know, and, but start also, you know, finding hobbies because when you do leave, you're going to need that positivity. You're going to need, um, you know, things that will keep your spirit up, you know, because it, it's going to be a, a rocky road, um, or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, learning more about self-love and kind of loving yourself and recognizing, you know, just because you went through it doesn't mean that you deserved it. Um, you know, we blame ourselves a lot of the time or we um, say, oh, well, I did this. So, you know, that that's how he responded. Like, no, you know, there's no right for someone putting their hands on you. Um, so basically get out. Um, you know, you got to cut off all contact with that person. Um, if you have to get a restraining order, get a restraining order. 
Um, you know, I know the YWCA, I'm pretty sure it's national. It's a national organization for women. Um, and it's a shelter and domestic violence. They have domestic violence counselors. Um, but, you know, start, start doing your research, find that support system, you know, find a therapist or a friend that you can speak to. Um, but, you know, in most cities, there are local shelters if you need a shelter um, or there are local domestic violence um, agencies. So, you know, but it's all about taking accountability, you know, for yourself and for your life. Um, that's, you know, that quote that you read, the meme that you read, everybody has a purpose. So what you're going through is a piece to your purpose and it's for you to help others get through what you've been through um and show others you know that if you got through it they can get through it um and that's really the purpose of lady soldiers because i feel like especially as women um specifically black women we're always taught you know sometimes it takes guys just a little bit longer to get to where you're at like you know they don't mature as fast they don't this they don't that you know black men have it harder so it takes them longer and i'm not gonna say black men do have their own trials and tribulations 100 percent, but as do we as do we but i feel like that's so ingrained in us as women so now it's just kind of like Wait, he'll change. He'll change. Don't worry, just give him some time. He's still just a little boy. Little boys throw tantrums and he's just using you as, you know, like to, to, to hurt because he's upset. He's going to grow out of that. And it's like, we need to stop giving these guys so much leeway. We need to say, oh, he's young. He's only in his 20s. Or he went through this. Oh, my biggest thing. Oh, he went through this as a child. And I'm not discrediting childhood trauma. But a lot of us have childhood trauma. And from that you get to a certain age where you need to boss up and 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 to go to therapy like that can't be your excuse forever you hitting someone you acting out you doing this because of what you saw growing up that is very unfortunate but you are old enough to fix that there is no reason why you should be repeating the same exact thing that scarred you and you know that it scarred you and now you're doing that to someone else there's no reason that as women we're taught and we're conditioned to let these guys get away with so much because they're going to grow out of it grow out of it grow out of it until when i'm, I'm dead my body, my life has to be the lesson that makes you realize, no, that is not fair. We need to hold men to the same standards as we hold women. Women are taught to cook, clean, do all these with the kids by this certain age, by the time they're ready to be a wife. But what are guys taught? Nothing. There's no, there's no level of standard to these men. And you're raising these men to be little boys who throw tantrums when you're raising us to be wives. Who are we being the wives to? Because I don't see any potential suitors out here. So we just like we just have to keep the playing field even and it's just that's one of the biggest thing that irritates me because people don't realize how little things like this like little gender stereotypes like this can form and manipulate to so much bigger things like you said oh just give them time to grow no they should be grown already and if they were raised if men were raised properly and men were raised to be respectful and men were raised not to think necessarily i am man you are woman i can do what i want to you things like this not saying they wouldn't happen but less often properly or at least women if we're conditioned to understand you know if a man treats you that way walk away there would be less situations where death is happening because we would have more confidence and feel more secure in leaving so we just need to change the narrative completely. And this is why I'm so happy we're having this conversation. I see Ellie shaking her head. So I know you have something to say. Go ahead. <laughs> to stop giving men leeway. First of all, they're grown ass men. Please excuse my language. But grown. at this point, you have, your dick is all grown. You're not, your dick's not grown at the age of 20. 
your dick's not growing at the age of 30. Please excuse my language. But it's just at this point, we're, how are you going to grow? Yeah. You have the age of 18 and older to grow. And I understand, like, there are points in our life, yes, we had childhood trauma. But like Tati said, you need to take your you need to take accountability and be like, hey, I've been hurting this way. I know my toxic traits. We all need to know our toxic traits. And men have toxic traits that they don't want to fix and they don't ever want to fix. And you know what they do with the toxic traits? They bring it upon either their girlfriends or their wife. And that just upsets me because also women were not taught to also we're taught to baby men we're taught to baby men and just mm-hmm. sit and wait until they change and their mom has already babied them their mom's been baby especially Haitian men oh my god I think about Haitian men because I, <laughs> I'm Haitian I know Haitian men are babies so their mom already babies them and while Haitian women we're taught to be strong women you know you know stay next you know stay by your man if you whatever like he'll change all up no it would it just i feel like men need to stop trying to um continue to manipulate women and continue to hurt women because of their childhood trauma and women we need to actually teach our daughters to not take shit to not mm-hmm. make the excuse, oh, men, they're 10 years behind us in their learning or their mindset. No, no, they're grown-ass <laughs> men. They're grown-ass men. They know what they're doing. Period. <laughs> Period. As you see, we get we can get real passionate here. Um, but that was the final question. Regina, we can't say thank you enough for entrusting us and helping share your story, helping share um, to anyone who may be going through this situation or maybe are seeing red flags that they think could lead to the situation. I'm just so happy that you are our first guest. Everything lines up for a reason. So I'm just so happy that you are our first guest and it's an episode that we can truly feel proud of. Um, so this part of the episode we're wrapping up is called Melanin Monday. So you are our Melanin Monday. So I just want you to take this time to just Tell the people about yourself. I know you mentioned the book, um, Lady Shoulder. So kind of go into detail about that. Um, sometimes after our episodes, our um, audience reaches out to us on our DMs. But in a situation like this, they may not feel comfortable reaching out to us. So is there a way they can reach out to you directly or Lady Shoulder? So just kind of give them the information and just tell them about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you so much for the opportunity. I, you guys are so amazing. I swear, I feel like you guys are friends and we live miles away. Um, but, you know, so thank you for giving me this platform to tell, you know, you and your audience my story. Um, so again, my name is Regina Hudson. Um, I'm the founder of, of Lady Soldiers. Um, Lady Soldiers has been active since 2019. Um, you know, our mission is to uplift women and let them know that they are not alone in their life's battles as well as provide, oh, my dog is so annoying. <laughs> what's her, um, what's her name or he? Her Maya. name's Maya. Maya, um, Maya yeah, she's, a, she's a eight month old kid. Yeah, exactly. She's also a guest for this episode. Right. Every time you speak, Maya. Maya, yeah. But when Tati and I are uh, speaking, I don't hear her. So she, she's with yeah. you. She is too much. Um, So yeah, founder of Lady Soldiers, we've been active since 2019. Um, Our mission is to uplift women and let them know that they are not alone in their life's battles. Um, 
Also, we want to provide a platform for communication, unity, and growth. Um, so I just want to tell you a little bit about kind of how it came about, how Lady Soldiers came about. Um, but it's just crazy. And this is why, you know, my main quote uh, within the book is find your purpose. Um, because I do feel like everything that I've been through has brought me to um, this project um, or brought me to this organization, Lady Soldiers. You know, I, I had the vision for the name, you know, Lady Soldiers. You know, she's delicate. She's a lady. Um, but then she's a soldier at the same time. She's strong. She's tough. She won't give up. Um, she's going to keep pushing. So, you know, that's how Lady Soldiers kind of came about. It was an idea and it formed um, into an organization. Um, I reached out to another local woman who I know, uh, Chauncey Hill. Um, she actually had a stillbirth. Um, so she gave birth to her eight-month-old daughter and her daughter was not living. Um, so she tells her story within the book. Um, but it... it it ignited something in her. Um, she's an artist and she's literally just went full force into her artistry um, and all different kinds of creations that she makes. Um, and her daughter, you know, that was the stillborn is the foundation for it all. Um, you know, she, her daughter is a butterfly. That's what she calls it, um, who flew away. Um, but th that's now her logo um, of her business. Um, so again, find your purpose. Everything that you go through is a piece of your purpose. Um, I told you what Melanie Nunez's story is um, of how her sister was murdered, um, but she started a nonprofit organization um, in, in remembrance of her sister to combat domestic violence and spread domestic violence awareness. Uh, then we had Janelis Lebrault who had cancer at the age of 18. Um, she went through chemo, she lost her hair. She was only 18 years old, um, but she's a cancer survivor. Uh, and also Sonia Quillis, who moved to the US uh, at the age of, oh, it was either 16 or 18, I forget. I think it was 18, but she moved to the US from Puerto Rico at the age of 18. She didn't know English. She moved during the winter time. She had no winter clothes. Um, she moved into an apartment, didn't even have a fridge. She stored her food in between the windows um, to get cold. So, but she's now a, a radio host. She's a real estate agent, you know, so she, she had to get her GED. Um, you know, she had to learn English. She had a six month old baby that she had to raise. So we, but we've told our stories to help other women and to let other women know this is what we've been through. Um, we are healing, we are succeeding, um, and so can you. Um, so our website is theladysoldiers.com. Um, I'm sorry, I'm rambling. I just, I love to talk about it. Um, and, you know, I'm so proud of what we do. Thank you. Um, we're currently doing a baby food and baby formula drive. Um, so we're taking in unopened cans of baby food and baby formula and donating them to mothers in need. Um, and we also host license to carry, um, so license to carry a firearm classes. So women can learn about firearms, how to handle a firearm. We go to the shooting range. Um, but the whole thing is to learn to protect yourself. Um, soon we will also be hosting self-defense classes, um, you know, where you're learning, you know, if somebody's choking you, what do you do? Um, you know, if somebody breaks in your home, kind of thing.
Um, if somebody runs up on you while you're at your car, trying to get in your car. So, you know, Lady Soldiers is about healing. Um, it's about moving forward in a positive manner, but it's also about learning how to protect yourself emotionally um, and physically. So those are some of the things that we're working on. Um, I mean, that's really the gist of Lady Soldiers. You know, I'm super proud of it. Um, my goal for the book piece is, so we have one book out. Um, it's available on Amazon, Lady Soldiers, the book for all women. Um, but we plan to release another book with a whole nother set of women. So I want this to be a continuous series of women telling their stories and uplifting other women. Um, because we go through so many different things. Um, you know, we're mothers, we're survivors, we're, you know, just again, so many different areas. Um, so that's the lady soldier side. And the only other thing that I want to mention is I'm a life insurance specialist. I'm a life insurance broker. Um, so that is my, I guess you could say day job. I mean, honestly, I work seven days a week, especially right now is busy season, new year, new me. Let me get my stuff together. Let me get me some life insurance. <laughs> so I have a lot of requests, um, but life insurance is extremely important. Um, it's important to your family's financial health um, and financial future, and it's a key to building generational wealth. Um, you know, just like we talk about, you know, self-love and confidence and things of that nature, we're not taught, but we're also not taught financial literacy. So, you know, life insurance is a piece of financial literacy because it's an investment um in the future and it's also protecting your family you know why should your family have to stress and do gofundmes um and you know why can't you you know we work so hard leave some funds behind for your family um so that they can survive you know after you go so it, it's all real um you know it's 2021 it's time for us just like you lady said it's time for us to boss up um, and take care of business um, and, you know, just do what we got to do and become better versions of ourselves. So thank you so much of for course, having me. Thank you. Um, I mean, thank you so much. We're all soldiers, though. We all have our yeah. battles, right? That's what it's about. We all have our battles. So we're all soldiers. Um, our slogan is we are stronger together. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, I truly believe that. So. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Well, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of Girlfriend's Guide Podcast. We definitely would love to hear your feedback on this episode. Um, like we said, if you're uncomfortable reaching out to Ellie and I, definitely you can feel free to reach out to Regina. Um, she will, like you, like we said, she's our Melon Monday, so you know as we normally do. All her information, her bio, her picture, all of that will be on our page the day this episode airs. We hope that this episode was able to help someone or even if you know a friend, someone. We just really want this to um, this episode to reach out. So please share this episode. You just never know what someone is going through. And it doesn't even need to go to the extent of domestic violence. But if you just feel like there's certain red flags that could lead to something more, definitely share this episode with your loved ones. Um, once again, thank you guys for tuning in. And we hope that you have a great Monday and a great rest of the week. All Bye, right. everyone. Bye. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.